Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bad Coyote Funky podcast. Before we jump into our issue 37 comic book club for Deadpool, we have a few things to get out of the way. Casey, why don't you do the first one? So, uh, Superman, Batman, the final trailer. And in my opinion, the best um, one. It's pretty good. And it, what's nice about it is even though it totally gives even more away of this movie we've basically already seen from a previous trailer, (laughs) um, I'm still on the edge of my seat. Can't wait to see it. Uh, there's some some real ass kickery there. I think that this one really, I think, did the did the best in not in not giving too much away. I think that the first one just kind of was underwhelming. The second one gave too much context to the scenes that, and, and it just was like poorly cut. This one though, just was like, a lot of cool action, a lot of uh, cool superhero fights. It's, it shows off Wonder Woman and Cena. and just more of what people want to see. We don't want the movie spoiled. We just want to see some yeah. exciting bits. What I liked about it, what, what for me, what I loved about it when, it when I first saw the trailer was it showed something I've been waiting for for a long time, especially in the Christian Bale Batman movies, was Batman being Batman as like the martial arts master that he is, you know, like just, and he was fighting like, you know, like Arkham Knight style pretty much or like the Arkham game style where he just, he just swooped in there. Burst it out from the ground. All I can think of was like, ah, oh, he was hiding in the grate. <laughs> you know, Dude, the first thing he does is choke slam a guy. It's amazing. Yes, he does that. He goes. He like he slides across the box and like slams some guy's head like in into the box. I'm like, someone was playing Arkham Knight or playing the Arkham game. Someone was doing that to get this because it Absolutely. felt like I was watching Batman be. Batman, it was phenomenal, and then he just kicks the shit out of the guy. He punches that dude into the ground. He's just sitting there with his legs hanging out, and it's like I'm Batman. It's like oh, he's Batman. I just spewed into my pants. This is so great. <laughs> like I was semi excited for the movie, but now seeing that makes me more excited because I get to see again Batman as Batman. And I like the fact that it's not an origin story with Batman. Batman's established. We know he's been established. He's already retired. He even said himself. I'm getting old, Alfred, and, you know, it's just, he's Batman. There's no, we don't need to know anything else about him that he's Batman, and that's what's phenomenal about this. That's why I'm excited for it, but I'm still holding back because there's always a chance it could still suck. Yeah, I mean, I we know from the previous trailers we've seen some bits that have been questionable, but, I mean, in a vacuum, though, I think this is a very successful trailer. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Um Speaking of kind of successful trailers, we also had what the Super Bowl ad, right, for X-Men Apocalypse. Yeah, we finally got to see Psylocke. That was pretty cool. Um, Jean Grey and, and Cyclops as mm. well. Um, I mean, it, it was it was pretty short, but at the same time, it, it showed off uh, some like characters we've only seen uh, still frames of up to now, you know? Sure, yeah. And uh, we actually get to see Professor Xavier try to punch, what was it, Apocalypse? And then he catches it, and then it goes into the scene we have all seen where he, like, crushes him in the dream right, state right, or whatever. Right, right, Yeah, definitely, That was definitely. really cool. Yeah, we saw, we saw a bit more Psylocke, which was, which was pretty awesome, as always. Um, speaking of which, and I want to kind I of just want to point out before we go further, not only did we see a bit more Psylocke, but we saw some of her cleavage. That's all, that's all I wanted to say. <laughs> yep, and we're starting with this up early, folks, so it's going to be a long night. Um... But anyways, like we saw, did you guys see the on um, social media? It was uh, Olivia Munn doing her crazy swordplay stuff. Yes, and absolutely. Yeah. Then it pans over to Ryan Reynolds, who has a balloon sword. 
No, I haven't seen that. Uh, Wait, yeah. Like, what? So right yeah, he just boop, boop Bops in the head. head. It's so good. It's so funny. No way. Wait, was that was that like in character for the Deadpool movie, or was that just like it, him? He, he was just him. It was just him with a balloon sword. <laughs> Well, I mean, he's... what's the difference at this point? I know, right? <laughs> he literally, he stole the Deadpool suit by just walking off the set with it. Yeah. Did <laughs> you, great. so did you hear that, um, I guess Ben Affleck wanted to keep the Batman suit? And Wait, what? Yeah, so Ben Affleck was like, I really want to keep the Batman suit. Because, you know, Ryan Reynolds is like, I'm keeping this fucking Deadpool suit and I'm wearing it everywhere. <laughs> and uh, DC was like, okay, yeah, you can take it for $100,000. What? And then Ben Affleck was like, I think I'll just take a picture of myself in it instead. I feel like I would have taken it if I had Ben Affleck dollars. Yeah, but we don't know what Ben Affleck dollars get you these days, you know? Yeah, they probably have a lot of expenses that we're not aware of. Yeah, yeah. If you believe believe the tabloids, I think his marriage is over, so who knows? Yikes. There might be half of it. He (laughs) might have only had $50,000 to spend on a Batman He just gets the pants. (laughs) You know what I just... you know what I like about like Ben Affleck being I mean at first I was one of the people against Ben Affleck being Batman I'm like really? Yeah. Really? Affleck really? And I'm like well a lot of people were against Heath Ledger and he turned out to be a really awesome Joker you know yeah. in, his, in his way and I was thinking about it more it's like considering where Ben, Aff- ben Affleck came from he came from like the Kevin Smith movies you know sure, and he yeah. came from being like a comic book nerd in one movie specifically, or an art comic book artist in one movie. The fucking guy from Fashionable Male on the second floor is Batman. <laughs> <laughs> nice. He likes nice. having sex with women in an uncomfortable place. <laughs> <laughs> like the back of a volcano. <laughs> How but, many times have we seen mall rats? Oh god. <laughs> but it's, especially like in Chasing Amy, he was a comic book artist, and he would go to like comic book conventions and stuff like we do. You know, so. He is coming from, like, a fan point of view. I mean, he's buddies with, like, Kevin Smith. Yeah. Kevin Smith is one of, like, the biggest fucking nerds out there. You know, like, he's the guy we kind of sort of look up to, and hopefully someday I will get to meet that man. But he, he He's the guy who got his daughter named Harley Quinn the Harley Quinn bat from Suicide Squad. <laughs> so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> he's a fanboy made real, people. Yeah, exactly. So... I mean, I can see him doing a good job, and he does look like an older Bruce Wayne. He does kind of the way his—I don't know—he just looks like how Bruce Wayne looks like in the in the uh, WB cartoons. Oh yeah, sure. since I've seen um, in this most recent trailer, yeah, I, I definitely see him as, with the part. And, and I think that if if I didn't see how Lex Luthor was being portrayed in this movie, I'd want to give him a chance. But I, I think I think everyone is a little more justified in their their Lex Luthor hate this time around. Just because we've we've already kind of gotten like literally like a scene that shows off a character and and, and people aren't really feeling it, you know. So yeah. I, 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 maybe it'll look better in the movie, but right now I'm not really feeling their Lex Luthor. Yeah, I mean we'll we'll really have to see. Like I'm what I'm hoping for is that it's all a charade. Like he's acting really goofy and like really personable and stuff like that. But when he's behind closed doors, he's the exact opposite. <laughs> That's yeah, kind of that, that vanity it. that he has in the comics, where he's he just needs to have this one persona, everything everyone knows him as. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm kind of. You yeah, know, that could work. For, yeah, but, that could save it. You're right. But you, you never know how these things really pan out because you know there's some things that look really cool on paper, and they end up being really terrible, like X Men Three. Where's Spider Man Three? I don't. Know, I don't. Th- I don't see how X Three could be. Like Most that trilogies that end in a three. <laughs> Most, yeah. X Men Three to me was like one I of don't those know. Things where it's like, oh, we get the Danger Room and Sentinels. How could this be terrible? I don't know, cause like, 
because like now now it's kind of putting it into perspective because like X Men Apocalypse right now is number three I in know. this in this world we're in now the world they yeah. like retconned like the entire like X Men franchise so yeah it is number three it could be I, good. I it could be good. Well, it, speaking, it, careful speaking yeah. of three yeah. is the third Captain America movie was was as I spoiled more so this week with the Super Bowl we got a brand new trailer um, and it, I don't know I I got a really uh, eerie vibe from it just that that uh, united we stand divided we fall chant going throughout the entire thing and and i know that it's not as as vast an event as it is in the comics just because there's not as much to the world but i still got chills what do you guys think um i can't wait for this movie in all honesty like the more i see it the more i'm really into it marvel hasn't really had too many missteps along the way. Like there have been a couple uh, and they've been pretty quick to, to fix it. And which is good. Like you, you acknowledge that something is bad. So you, or not as good as it could be. So you just move on. You learn from your mistakes and then you continue the franchise. So like incredible Hulk, for example, great action sequences, not so good acting parts were kind of iffy in terms of casting. They redid everything except Thunderbolt Ross, who was like perfect, perfect casting for <laughs> oh, that. Was that uh, was it Sam Elliott in this one, or was it the last one? No, it's um, what's his name? It's not Sam Elliott. William Hurt. William Hurt. Thank you. William Hurt. That's yeah. still really good. <laughs> yeah, William Hurt is great. Um, the other guy was in Ghost Rider, though. Sam Elliott. That's right. Oh, he was. Yeah. He was, the, he was yeah. the older Ghost Rider. Yep. And that that was pretty cool. I he think was also was in the Big Lebowski. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, how, how did they address <laughs> Iron Man three? Because <laughs> that how was really they... mixed. We, we tried yeah. to not talk about Iron Man. <laughs> like I don't know. Like so, so many people really liked it, and I just did not. And like to be fair, like it's it's forgettable. It wasn't bad, but it was definitely forgettable for me because they had it all hyped up as that, this whole like Iron Man. I mean, like the first. Th- that was what the Mandarin was in it, right? Like, start yeah i actually the thing that people complained a lot about the movie the, the two things the kid and the mandarin were the, the two parts that i actually liked the most <laughs> the kid was okay the i liked the mandarin a lot even though it was a farce like i really i really yeah didn't. And, and I, you know I, what's I, cool I about three though farce, though i like that it kind of it was almost like a play on on your expectations for these oh, really yeah. like kooky sure. villains and it was like jk it's just some like random like bloke <laughs> yeah you know what's really cool about three though, which I didn't realize until I decided to watch um, Iron Man one again. What's that? Um, so the Mandarin, that logo that pops up whenever he um, does like the like the the, the hacked broadcasts. Mm-hmm. Those guys are the guys who captured Tony Stark in the first Iron Man. Like when they're holding him hostage on the ground, he's kneeling and they have guns around him. Yep. That yeah, same symbol, rings. that same symbol is in the flag right behind them. Oh yeah, it's the same that. guy. So they kind of they kind of almost set the seeds early on for this. Yeah, you know. Well, yeah. yeah. Also, so so was was it aim that, or are we talking about the actual Mandarin that they that they that they um I guess revealed to us in the uh in the what was it Long Live the King? There is sure. a real yeah the really yeah. real Mandarin is is it Long All Hail the King? All Hail the King. All hail yeah, the King. yeah, yeah. yeah. So a little, it, nice little DVD extra for you Phase Two people. Or you can find it on YouTube. Yeah. Or that. Or that. I did not know that was a thing. It was, it was really good, though. I, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I don't know if it's yeah, like a legal YouTube upload, but it's definitely on you there. You can find it somewhere. You can find it on the internet. Just just use the internet. It's fine. It'll be okay. 
You know, I got now that I think about it, Marvel's pretty good at sowing seeds of doubt, or at least sowing seeds into like their universe with like Phase One, Phase Two, because yeah, we kind of all well, no, because we kind of all saw the Civil War and the in the Marvel Universe movie, Marvel Universe coming, not mm. because we expected it, but we we could see how they were feuding in the first Avenger Avengers or. Even in like Captain America: Winter Soldier, they turned up. They turned against Captain America. You know, like we kind of already saw these seeds planted, and we yeah, already saw know, it coming yeah. about. So we kind of knew it was coming at some point, but they did it really, 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 really well. Yeah, it's sure. also a play on on the character archetypes. Like Captain America is all about like freedom of choice, and whereas like Tony Stark is is very corporate driven, very orderly structured. So they. So they 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 just by nature of who they are comes into conflict. I mean, I I would have liked to, and I'm going to say this every time we talk about this. I would have liked to see this movie in four years or five years. I don't think we're like I don't think there's enough characters for this like civil war to be what I want it to be. Yeah, which it's, is, it is literally just like the Avengers having having a schism. Like that's yeah. that's all. It, whereas the actual civil war was was a was a world breaking catastrophe. Yeah, right. I don't know if they would have been able to sell a movie Captain America 3 Avengers slap fight. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much what this is. Oh, yeah. And, and it's funny, because I wonder, like, eventually they're going to want to use the Civil War idea once they once they have yeah. their universe developed enough. So what are they going to call it then, like... Civil War the Infinity, Two, the Infinity War. <laughs> well, I mean that's, I mean that's still not enough characters. I mean you need, you need a universe where, where, and humans aren't just popping up, but they're a normal occurrence where, where right. super powered people aren't are, are just everywhere, and yeah. and you can't have you can't have the the basis for the entire Civil War storyline without without that kind of, that world breaking event like Stanford, Connecticut, where where um, Nitro and the New Warriors up yeah and that's where like everything really would have was going to become full circle i think because again if you do this in five years you would have had um you know daredevil in there for sure you would have had electra you would have had punisher um you know kingpin could have been doing some things in there you would have had spider-man more solidified with maybe a couple of allies and enemies in there jessica jones and luke cage jessica jones and luke cage iron fist potentially moon knight yeah, and that that alone is 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 a, a, is a good cast. Yeah, I mean, and the then thing is Doc- that they did mention though is that they are currently Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange have, have a hunger strike. Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. Um, oh, you yeah. would have what? What's the the Wrecking Crew? Not Wrecking Crew. Um, the Thunder what's, Hood and his yeah. gang. What's the what? What do you like, Casey? What's that group called? The Damage exiles? Control. Damage Control. Oh. Damage Control probably would have been out by then. Oh, dude, don't even tease me with the Exiles being. Sorry, in they can't. It can't happen. I'm, I'm not ready for them to come back. <laughs> no, it can't happen. It doesn't. Uh, Fox have the rights. Don't talk to me. <laughs> yeah, Exiles probably wouldn't. Well, you never know what happened in five years. I mean, yeah. they got Spider Man. They did. Yeah, but well, Spider Man was like they were. Sony botched it hard with Spider Man. Yeah, they were having yeah. money on that. I mean, they did now. the same thing with. Fantastic Four, so who knows what could happen at that point with that. We don't know if they have Fantastic Four yet. What? We don't know if they have Fantastic Four yet. Well, right, but like it's probably going to happen with I mean, the way that movie You, you can probably get that property for a nickel One now. One can dream. Yeah. I know. Let's go, let's go buy it. Everyone, Fan- get, let's get your nickels together. Fantastic Four cents. <laughs> Kickstarter, let's go. <laughs> let's do it. Um, cool, I believe that's everything we have to get out of the way for tonight, everyone. So I'm just going to say enjoy 
the podcast. It's the Bad Coyote Funky Podcast, the only podcast that won't shoot you in broad daylight, steal your kidneys, and sell them to a third world country. Tonight we are talking about Deadpool, giving a little bit of primer and info on the character, but it's comic book club this week. And we are reading Deadpool, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Tonight, I'm your host, TV's Casey, and with me is Booster Greg. I'm so sorry he's your host again, guys. I had no choice in the matter. (laughs) Uh, The Bearded Menace Dave. Chimichunga! And rounding out this kooky quartet, Adam Bomb Amber. Bamf! (laughs) Bamf! Uh, some someday we will get that joke right, we promise. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the meantime, uh, just to give a little intro on what we all read, in case you didn't check out the preview podcast this Sunday, which, why wouldn't you? It was really great. Um, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly is a comic published in 2014, no, late 2013, mm-hmm. uh, by Marvel Comics mm-hmm. under Deadpool Volume 4. It is written by Brian Posehn and Jerry Dugan, who had been writing Deadpool for about a year at this point. And it's really their first swing at a, a serious story. Um, it's also drawn by Declan Shelby, who is a truly stunning, very crisp artist. Um, he he's, he's drawn a fair bit of stuff, too. Um uh here and there nothing i don't i think this is his first uh his first work with deadpool uh to be honest with you um but you know what he does not disappoint at all um Mm -mm. on the whole the story follows a little bit of a plot point where deadpool is harassed in broad daylight tranquilized and his organs are being harvested um so he's trying to uncover this this weird conspiracy uh of these people that are coming after him in the middle of the night and he thinks it might be something a little bit bigger and and this was an interesting read for me because um, all the Deadpool comics that I've read or all the Deadpool that I've seen has been very much over-the-top crazy, like Eric Matthews on crack kind of thing. <laughs> and uh, it was interesting to see him humanized. And actually, it's funny. I was uh, streaming the Deadpool game last night. And <laughs> in the first level, you're in his apartment. And he actually makes a, a comment that reminded me of the story arc. So he's looking at like a picture or something like that. And he goes, oh, God, please don't let this be one of those self-referential things where I get really deep and emotional and realize that I'm actually human. <laughs> and I was just like, huh, because that's pretty much what goes on in this comic. It's. It's not the Deadpool I'm used to, which is just crazy and talking to us the whole time and maybe palling around with a couple people uh, and just overall being wacky. This was definitely a much different tone, and it was a lot more serious than that, than I was expecting. I wasn't quite ready. When I first started reading it, I was like, what's going on? When does he, he get to be really funny? 
And yeah, he, I probably should have should have given you guys a little bit of a warning with this one. A little, but it's a good like if you have never read a Deadpool comic, it's definitely a good um, not like a, like a not a good starting point, but it gives you an idea of what the character could be uh, if you're used to the Daniel Way uh, style or well, Joe it's Kelly good to, style. Yeah, good to read alongside his more lighthearted material. Yeah, yeah, like because this this is great to get to know the character, but this is not all the character is it's definitely a different side of him that i've seen and it was interesting and the art style was really cool too like it had a very simplistic feel but it worked yeah yeah, yeah definitely i think going into this my only uh, experience with deadpool other than you know the uh, like pop culture references and, and talking to friends or fans of the character was his appearance in uncanny x-force volume one and mm-hmm. you you get it you do get a much more human Deadpool than you see in a lot of other media. Like he you you have him w- talking to himself, but you, it doesn't quite focus on the voices. And and you and you get more of a sense that this guy is just extremely strange, but not mm. not quite unhinged. So so and I, I personally uh, I mean well, personally that's I know I haven't really uh, read much of Deadpool but I, I that still I still maintain that as my my favorite incarnation of him so far just cuz you you do get the fu- you do get the jokes but you also get the other side and it's and it's a good balance but this was a this was definitely a lot heavier a character mm-hmm. narratively speaking so don't don't yell at me guys but this is actually my very first like Deadpool story arc I've read like in its entirety what an introduction, then. What you're fired. <laughs> well, because I I've always like read like comics here and there. Like I'd be at the comic book shop, I'm waiting for my buddies to buy like Warhammer stuff, and I'm like, oh look, Deadpool comic, and I just start reading it. Like I kind of knew like his personality and like his humor. Um, there was one comic mm-hmm. I read. I forgot who he was fighting, but he had like these two like meat hooks in his hand, and he's fighting the guy. Bullseye. He's fighting. And he's bullseye. like, say it, say it, and he's like, no, I'm not gonna say it, say it. And at the end, he's like, fine, get your dirty meat hooks off of me. And I was like, ah, that's that's pretty good. But reading this, it's like, god damn it, he does have my sense of humor with some of the stuff he says. Like, there's one where I like one joke that he says where I like bust out laughing at work. It was in this in this series, it was um basically there's a door they can't crack, and like Deadpool asked Preston, Do you know of any way of getting into this? She goes, No, there's no shield back doors for this, blah, blah, blah. And then Deadpool responds with, Whenever you say back door, it makes me excited. And I just Bust, dude! I bust out laughing. I'm like, oh my god! I would say the same. I have said the same thing, you know. Like whenever yeah. someone says, "Hey, can someone co- open the back door?" I giggle at work. So I mean, it's like shit. I, I would pl- cosplay as him, but there's too many Deadpool's, so I don't. I don't know. Yeah, th- this no year at Comic Con, it's it's going to be a pretty overbearing with the amount of Harley Quinns and Deadpool's. Oh man, it's just going to be that. Like if you're it's anything gonna else, out, it's going to be out of control. Yeah. And it's going to be one of those things too where it's going to get competitive. Like, I can't wait to see Deadpool with a giant mallet fight Harley Quinn with her baseball bat. If I could be a Deadpool, though, I would be the, like, Deadpool out of his costume. Just, like, all skinned, fucked up, and, like, all messed up wearing, like, like, like boxes with, like, hearts on them. Like, that'd be, I'd be that Deadpool. Like, he's just out of his shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, speaking, mm. speaking of, when did his skin get all fucked up again? Because in Uncanny X-Force, he looked pretty normal under the mask. Well, why don't we take a walk down memory lane? Yeah. For our lovable audience. Yeah. Uh, Deadpool, uh, if you guys have been reading any of the cool reprints Marvel has been putting out, debuted in a comic called New Mutants 98. And the New Mutants are kind of like the junior X Men, uh, for all intents and purposes. 
Um, every single one of their volumes is about a bunch of teenagers uh, with a leader who is usually a more experienced X-Man. At this time, it was Cable. Uh, and they tend to get in a, you know, less world-threatening kind of shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Uh, but under Cable, the group was kind of made into a little paramilitary, like, task force kind of a, an action group. Uh, blame the 90s, really, but... <laughs> sure. Um, Deadpool's a mercenary hired to take out Cable, and he runs afoul of a bunch of teenagers. If this sounds a lot like Deathstroke from Teen Titans, uh, you're not wrong. Mm-hmm. He certainly, uh... There's certainly a bit of a, a bit of a ripoff well, there. Well, let's so. Is it a ripoff? The, of a ripoff though. I'm, so, wasn't Deathstroke like uh, supposed to be like the evil Captain America? No. So well, so what happened is, and th- this is interesting. This is the urban legend as I heard it. Could be wrong. Could be right. It's Passed more fun down to think it's right. Generations in the Booster Greg family. <laughs> the comic book it really movies. is. So <laughs> what I heard through the internet, which is clearly correct, because when is the internet wrong? Uh, and through Wizard Magazine as well is that it's not a coincidence that Deathstroke, his name is Slade Wilson, and Deadpool's name is Wade Wilson. So the story goes that Marvel was pissed at DC because Lobo is supposed to be a parody of Wolverine. And he was huge at this point in time. Yeah. And he Lobo kind of like really took took popularity and took control and was Wolverine really just is the making, 90s. Right. Well, it was just making fun of everything that Wolverine was. Like they're both the best at what they do. Like mm-hmm. that that's just it. So, as they couldn't do anything, so as a a I guess shot back at DC, they got their character Deathstroke, which I guess was getting gaining a lot of popularity at the time, and they made him into Deadpool. And if you read um, the Batman Superman uh, comic book by my favorite Emmanuelist Jeff Loeb, there is actually I think it's um, an annual where it's one of the first times that Batman and Superman have met, I guess, and they go on a cruise ship. It's, yeah, it's supposed to be a retelling of their first meeting. Yeah, so they go on a cruise ship into the Bermuda Triangle, and like. Deadpool's in it, and they don't say he's Deadpool, essentially. Like, he looks more like Deathstroke, but he acts like Deadpool. He tries to say his name a bunch of times, but he never manages to get it out. It's ridiculous. It's so funny. But that's that's the thing. So Deadpool is a parody of Deathstroke, hands down. Um, So that's that's something just important that I wanted to kind of tell everyone. Uh, So when they go to see the movie and you're listening to this, you can say to the person next to you, did you know? That because this is what everyone sounds like after the movie to me. Did you know that? And then you just tell them the story I told you, and you will get so many points. Or they'll be like, "I knew that poser," which is what I will be telling everyone who says that to me. So if you get that answer, then congratulations, you've met me, and you win the secret prize. I won't tell you what the secret prize is because it's a secret. Is it, is it the Zelda sound when you open a box? Is, is it the secret question? It, it's secret it's question a dinner date with right? Dave. Yeah. <laughs> no. Anyway. God damn it. So, so Deadpool really, he really didn't start off as much in comics. He was kind of a, not really a one-trick pony, but he mm-hmm. was a bit of a wisecracker, hunting down, fighting some X-Men, no big deal. His backstory, as it would be revealed in the years following... He is a washout of the Weapon X program. We're talking a failure 
of a program designed to make living weapons like Wolverine and even as far back as guys like Captain America, uh, Nuke, who you may be familiar with now from the Jessica Jones TV show, and a couple other guys like Sabretooth, Omega Red, that you may know from your old 90s X-Men cartoons. There's plenty of them, and they're a lot of fun. Lady Deathstrike, um, Silver Fox, I can mm-hmm. go on. Some mammoth guy. Don't really remember his name. Anyway, Deadpool has cancer. It's bad. And it's killing him. And whatever life he had before he ended up in this program, they supercharged his cancer with a copy of Wolverine's Healing Factor that made it like a super cancer that heals his body but makes it look totally Freddy Krueger and gross. Mm. Iron Fist describes his looks like a melted candle. I really don't feel that's super accurate. It's fairly like if, uh, well, what do they say in the trailer? If a topographical map of Utah and Freddy Krueger had a baby, yeah. or a rotten avocado. If, uh, you look oh, like yeah. you had an avocado and a rotten avocado had sex. Yeah, it's it's bad, it's real bad. <laughs> um, but he he's gone through a lot of moral quandaries in his day, from trying to kill the X Men all the time to just doing basic mercenary work. Um. He's fallen in love. He's he's teamed up with a lot of good people. He's really tried to come to terms with what kind of man he is deep down. And it's always a, a struggle and a battle. And if you're not getting that out of your Deadpool comics, you're probably reading the wrong ones. Mm-hmm. Um, what's important to note, and Casey, I want you to explain the difference to this uh, about this. Uh, he is not a mutant. He's a mutate. Uh, if you don't know what a mutate is and you read comics... Uh, Mr. Sinister is a mutate. So, Casey, if you could, why don't you explain the difference between the two? So there's been a long-standing debate on exactly what superpowers entail in the Marvel Universe. And mm. a lot of you may think, do the X-Men really make sense in a world where the Thing is widely accepted by the public for having a freakish form and <laughs> really cool powers? Like, why is being a mutant such a bad thing? Well, the difference, true believers, is that if you're born with superpowers, it's a general consensus that you're a mutant. Unless your whole species has got superpowers like that. So I guess, you know, if you're an alien and your whole race, like the Skrulls, have powers that are the same as you, shape-shifting, you're not a mutant. But if you're a freak of nature compared to what your species is normally capable of, uh, you're probably a homo superior. Um, Really? But... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. Well, okay. kind of. There, there's a little. There's a lot of exceptions nowadays. I mean, a lot right. of people don't think Spider Girl's a mutant. I think she should be. Well, I mean, but... like then you have the issue with the Inhumans now. The Marvels trying to like dust mutants under the rug. Maybe, maybe not. You know. Yeah. It's, it's a as as it's always been. It's never a good time to be an X Man. Yeah. Oh yeah, never. Uh, uh, what if what if you mute... get your powers? Like, so I don't I don't know if I agree with that because like mutants, they're not born with their powers. They're born with the ability to get their powers, no, but they the manifests. All right, yeah. maybe maybe it would be better stated that they develop their powers naturally. Well, and they no, have to have I, the I think, it, I, think I think it's the X gene. It's just the X gene. It's just the X gene, yeah. The X oh. factor, duh. The X factor, well, yeah. Fine, you're whatever. In anyway, case, look, a, mu- a mutate <laughs> then, a mutate then is somebody who gets their powers through some sort of wacky hijinks, Wait. be it mm-hmm. a radioactive spider or cosmic radiation or Wait, hold on. You know, I thought that Canadian mutate super science I thought that mutate was someone who artificially got mutant X genes through someone else. Like so so technically Spider Man isn't a mutate, he's like an enhanced 
individual. But someone like Mr. Sinister and Deadpool, who have stolen mutant powers, or, or, or not stolen, whatever. Mutant like the U-Men? U-Men? <laughs> yeah. That's wacky. All right, listen. Let's uh let's consult the old official handbook of the Marvel universe right here. Oh, well, no. I'll let you know that when oh, God. You open, he's pulling so out the Bible. In, I'm mutate. opening some pages right here. When you type right, it into go. Google, mutate says uh, <laughs> oh, is, what Google? That's not cool. Well, listen, listen to this. It's a change or cause to change in form or nature. So that's kind of what Casey said too. But wait, so then why? Well, then how is Deadpool? But a mute. Well, he his nature has been changed. Right, like he has all he has Wolverine's healing power and stuff like that. Uh, but the term "mutate" refers to most non-mutant super beings in the Marvel universe, really? according to Wikipedia. Okay, what does the encyclopedia say, Casey? The encyclopedia. Well, I actually don't have it in front of me. I just wanted to sound. He like just it. crinkled a piece of paper. <laughs> I really, I literally just Son crinkled a, a piece of paper. Damn it, Casey! Um, God damn it, Casey! Marvel Wiki. The Marvel database, marvel.wikia.com, which is totally the best resource you'll ever have trying to get into comics. Hashtag comic um, No, psh, comic vine, please. Get out of here. It's like, dude, Tumblr's great for comics. Oh, God. Uh, a mutate is a being who acquired a physical characteristic through exposure to one or more mutagenic agents, such as chemicals or radiation. Superhumans who are not born with the potential to access their innate superhuman powers are mutates. Okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll concede myself then. So there's your Hulks, your Spider-Man, yeah, your yeah. Fantastic That kind of narrows it down, and Devil. Yeah. Your Deadpool. So, but, so I guess that the only reason why Fox has the rights is because he first appeared in New Mutants, then. That would, Deadpool? Yeah, that's probably, yeah. A good, probably a good reason. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, the more you know. Hey, there you go. <laughs> um... So yeah, and it, just correct me if I'm wrong too, Casey. But over time, Deadpool has just kind of gotten crazier and crazier and crazier. Yeah, crazy to the point where they made him a freaking Avenger. What is that about? Um, so here's my question for a crazy oh, and crazier. Was... So did did he start off as a serious character and then start becoming funnier, or was he always kind of funny? So, did he always break the fourth wall? Like here's the thing, Dave. There are there's something you should know about Deadpool. He more so than any other hero has the most polarized fans around. You have people who love the, like, the, Dan, the Daniel Way, or uh, what was it, Daniel Way? What is his name? I can't remember. Daniel Way. Daniel, Daniel Way, Deadpool, where he's, like, super goofy, all over the place. And then you have people who, who, who like the classic character, who had that, who had the deep origin story, has a struggle. He's crazy, but but a little, a little less um, unhinged than the Daniel Way version of the character. And... And you will have a perpetual argument over over which one's better, over over whether or not Daniel Wade is ruined the character. I don't know. What, what do you think, Casey? Who is the true Deadpool writer? Is it Joe Kelly? Is it Fabian Nicieza? <laughs> is it Daniel Wade? Is it Rob Liefeld? No, it's not. No, it's never Rob never. Liefeld. But it could be Brian Pazane and Jerry Dugan, because those guys have been killing it for the past eh, few years. I, I, for me, it's Joe Kelly. If you, yeah. And I think Daniel Wade is a close second for me, but... Uh, if you say Deadpool writer, the first name that comes to mind is Joe Kelly for me. And as well it should. Joe Kelly wrote Deadpool in 1997, and he teamed up with hot, young, fresh superstar artist Ed McGinnis to do it. Uh, it's also an interesting time in the character's history where a basically unknown character in in 97... Uh, you know, outside of that one X-Force book, was kind of given the shot at his own title. Um, oh, sure. Yeah. And uh, 
He does a lot of neat stuff in those first couple issues. He fights ninjas. He fights Taskmaster. He fights the Hulk. So they really kind of throw him to the wolves with getting his ass kicked. But it's I, it's a it's a. I think I remember Hulk. when he fought the Hulk too. Like, um, because I know my, I had a friend like back in the day by the name of Matthew. He was like really big in the comics, like way, way more than I was because he could afford them. And um, he starts telling me about Deadpool. And he's like one of the first people that said it. You'd like Deadpool. You'd have you kind of have the same sense of humor. Um, or something to that matter. And, like, I remember, like, I think that series where he did fight the Hulk because, like, he needed to get something from the Hulk. Like, some type of, like, like Hulk's healing factor for whatever fucking reason. He, he needs his blood to supercharge his healing factor. Yeah, because I think he, like, lost a finger or some shit like that. And he fought the Hulk for it. But what I remember mostly in those days was Deadpool was, like, a cover of where he's all dressed like... But Deadpool's, like, dressed, like, in a kind of like in like this metal suit or like a bionic suit but it's all like gangstered out like he has like tags all over it and he has like like a funky hat on like all pimped out and whatnot and he's like i remember this like that specifically being the cover for one of the issues and i'm like what the fuck is this and that's where i started learning a little bit more about deadpool that wasn't i don't think that was too many years ago i that sounds it was a while ago i remember being a long time because i was still like in elementary school i know middle school i think i just remember that like it was just it was like in like some type of like like mech suit. He had like a pimp hat on, and uh, it was just like the cover of it. And it had like gangster like um, graffiti like all over the fucking like suit and whatnot. So, um, out of curiosity, as someone who who doesn't know a ton of the character, when when did the Daniel Way thing start, and and how much did he did he change the character, and how much of that? is still still be, still being felt by by how the character is being written today. Well, I I would say that that they completely eliminated a lot of the Daniel Way influence in Deadpool, which I I'm grateful for. Um but so Daniel Way took over writing Deadpool in 2008. His first story arc was in Secret Invasion. So that'll tell you how long ago it it really oh, wow. is. Yeah. He his first I believe writing of Deadpool was in Wolverine Origins. Uh, which was uh, fairly long-running. I think it was running about two years at the time. Um, story that was a, really about Wolverine kind of exploring his past and stuff like that. And people were making a big deal out of Deadpool showing up in these couple issues because he was starting to get a lot of traction. Um, Cable and Deadpool was the book that came before uh, that a lot of people really loved and really got people into the character, myself included. Um, you know, even though I'd been reading him off and on since I was a kid, I mean, but I guess I could say that with every character. Um, anyway, so Daniel Way took over in 2008. He wrote a he wrote Deadpool in a little stint team up with Wolverine and Wolverine Origins, and then he gave him his own book, and it sold like hotcakes. Uh, it like blew like everything out of the water with how much people wanted to read about this guy, and it started. I mean, it's a pretty it's a pretty funny book. It's it's very goofy, very screwball. Um, he, he took the character in, in an interesting way where he's always had these yellow caption boxes that he could talk about, or rather talk to, that's supposed to be like his internal monologue. Um, but he added a second one, a white box, um, that was like two monologues that can now bounce off each other. And for a lot of people, it was myself included, it was a little jarring because, you know, Deadpool could normally have a conversation with himself, but now it was like a three-way conversation, and one of them was almost like a conscience, but not really, and it was always unclear where this voice came from. 
Um, but also there were elements that were thrown in uh, called pool o vision. I wasn't sure if they actually said that in the comic, <laughs> but I know fans adopted it as kind of like a heckling sort of name because it was. There were just these kind of like annoying Family Guy style cutaways where it's like, remember that time X or you know he would just look at something and it would appear like distorted and crazy. He'd be like I need filler like, right now in my comedy. Yeah, like yeah, it was it was like padding. Like a it, it was a way that they could work in I guess any kind of visual joke that they wanted, which is normally great and is a real treat I'm sure to the artist that's working on the comic you're writing, but to a fan. It's just, sometimes it just gets annoying. Like, he imagined, I think for a couple of pages, um, Norman Osborn as, like, a like a big, dumb literary giant, and he was climbing a beanstalk. Does it, ha- did it, it have just, any, lit- any any narrative weight to it, or was it just sort of like, uh, this happened? It was just a, just a gag. Just, <sighs> that, like, nothing that couldn't be... You're paying money for, like, the, couldn't for like, be, a story. Yeah. I, I mean, if, you know... I imagine it could have been done the same way where it's like you could just have Deadpool say like, man, listening to this guy jabber on really reminds me of some fee-fi-fo kind of dumb nonsense. Or even just have and, like a, a sort of like a compilation book, like, like a, I guess like Calvin and Hobbes where you just have these shorts that are like kind of kind of fun. Yeah. And that, that could and it could even it could even be drawn in a cutesy kind of a style. Yeah, but I think it, when, you, when you just like put a story on pause, that's kind of just asking for trouble. Yeah. So mm-hmm. this kind of carried on for... F- Four years. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, he was on that book a long time. Yeah. And uh, but but more than that, the Daniel Way, I guess, dynasty of Deadpool is also hallmarked by like a bajillion other tie-ins. Like you had that Deadpool core thing, where there was a girl Deadpool and a dog Deadpool and, and a Deadpool. zombie Deadpool, Deadpool and a kid yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> and they all got mixed in together, and that was okay. And then there was Deadpool kills Deadpool, and. Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe and like so much some of it's good some of it's bad some of it's just like why like (laughs) you know I think there's a book where Deadpool is like the only superhero and he fights zombies it's like Night of the Living Deadpool (laughs) which is okay but it's it's oversaturation at this point he's in he's appearing in every title he's He's teaming up with everybody yeah he I almost feel like he went above and beyond what Wolverine was in the 90s hmm well, even Wolverine today. I mean, they had. I mean, people were. Are, are still, yeah. I'm still really, really tired of the character. When when Wolverine was a, was a big shot in the '90s, I mean, he also was still contending with guys like the Punisher and Spider Man showing up everywhere. So it wasn't necessarily a one man show. I mean, even though the X Men were all over the place, but but between 2008 and 2012, Deadpool was really like a rising star, and he was all over the place. Like he showed up in Miss Marvel for basically no reason. <laughs> He showed up in an issue of White Tiger, which I'm sure was just to make sure it didn't get canceled before issue six. <laughs> like, like they would throw this guy in by better or worse writers than Daniel Way um, just for the sake of having him in there. And for me, collecting single issues at the time, I have smartly since switched to trade paperbacks because... Jesus. $3 <laughs> an issue? Are you freaking kidding me? Yeah. Now it's four? Five sometimes. Oh, don't even. I'm sure these 82-page giants that are pumping out 
this week or no small chump change. But mm. well, I mean, at the same time, I, for, I, you never know if they're just like making like a, an eight-panel page, like a, a three-panel page, and then move making the page count. <laughs> Decompression—it's killing modern comics. Yeah. You heard it. Definitely not here first. <laughs> well, I mean, it might not be a thing. I'm just, I'm just hypo- uh, hypothetical, you know. <laughs> yeah, I do like how Marvel has that subscription base, like that Netflix for Marvel Comics thing, you know. Oh, Kinoxology is is really like doing it right. I think. Is that like I've I've heard of I've heard that do, and it do ugh, it doing well, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never actually used it. I, they I just, remember just they looking. just sell comics on the cheap in huge bundles. They have sales all the time. No, it's it's great. Um, I mean, I th- I really like the uh, the comic book store model, and I hope that that continues just because it's it's a community, you know. And yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, no, I think that I think that as long as they keep the really expensive issues to event books, I'm I, I'm not too too frustrated. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Back when I was going to the comics, uh, comic book shop every day, and I've kind of stopped because you know I need to save money. But um, I like I found myself kind of shying away from Marvel and DC comics mostly, except for like the D-list characters. And actually, um, Boom Studios and Image is what I got the most of, which was pretty interesting because I never like had thought before that that would be where my my tastes would bring me. But like you had great books like. Uh, incorruptible, irredeemable. You had. Uh, we love you, Mark Wade. Yeah, Come we, on had, the show. we had uh, Nick Spencer stuff like Infinite Vacation was great. You have um, I don't know who publishes it, but Lock and Key is fucking fantastic. Um, I still need to finish that. And is is Lock and Key Dark Horse? Uh, it might be. I'm looking at no, it's IDW. IDW. I'm looking at my trades right now. It's definitely IDW. Morning Glories. And if was, you guys I haven't read Morning that, it was, so it's good. It's good, but like, so like the first, like I say, f- maybe fifty issues are great, but then it gets fucking weird. Like I'm kind of making my way through it now, and I like read reread all the stuff that I really loved, and I'm now I'm past that point, and I'm like, I don't know what's going on anymore. Like, what the hell? Like some crazy wacky time travel stuff is going on. <laughs> I I read the first two trades of it. I I never really picked up the issues though. I think I've mm. I've also been picking up uh from what compared to when I first got into comics, it was like all Marvel and some DC, and now I nowadays it's just <laughs> um mostly Image. Uh, pick, I'm reading the Afterlife with Archie, the Sabrina yeah. series. Um, yeah. I mean, but Image is is killing it. They have some some great books. I've been reading Revival. It's like a rural noir. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Wicked get and the Divine. Oh, sorry. The guy back back wants to get back to Deadpool. Sorry, uh, it's our it's our it's our producer. Oh, uh, right, he's, he's right. Said, he's oh, said oh, he's oh, get back to Deadpool. Oh, I, I, sorry, sorry, producer. <laughs> it's okay. We we have one of those. Oh, we really have one of yeah, those. <laughs> yeah, he's flashing the red light at me right oh, now. Oh man, sorry. it's yeah. Sergio. Yeah. Sorry. He's also sorry. in this episode. It's, it's, it's Sergio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so um, Okay, so back to, back to my original question. Um, yeah. So when did Deadpool's cancer get uncured again because when i because in uncanny x-force he looked pretty normal and i mean he was still dealing he was still wrestling with uh with his origins and that and i, and I think his uh, that that really manifested itself with how him and phantom x uh related to uh well now currently kid apocalypse but then he was called genesis um and it was like a clone of apocalypse and they were trying to to steer him in the right direction and, and it was an interesting uh development for the character kind of his Almost like he was raising a kid in a weird way, more so Phantom X. Though. But anyway, I digress. What about the cancer? Uh, what? A, 
What about the cancer? Like, because um, it got, because uh, like I, I, and maybe I'm wrong, but I remember, I remember that he looked normal for a while. He did. Um, I, I want to say it was involved with him fighting evil Deadpool, who was a Deadpool that's made up of a bunch of cut up old Deadpool dismembered limb parts, <laughs> composite Deadpool thrown into a freezer. Are you serious? That was a thing. It was actually pretty good, and it came out of Daniel Way's run. Which oh my god, that sounds I'm awesome! To say got me back into reading it. <laughs> That's um, damn. Yeah, well, it was a cool idea. Essentially, this therapist is is completely obsessed with with Deadpool, like in every way. Like she's like a totally crazy super fan, and she's been stealing his parts for years. Like just like Deadpool loses an arm, like she got it on eBay, like. <laughs> Like holy cow! Um, Do you know what that reminds me of? What Beast Wars? Oh yeah. Beast so Wars. Did, I, don't, I don't know if you guys ever watched Beast Wars. I love Beast Wars. I, I loved it back in the day. That was actually what got me. Um, and you would think it would be Pixar, but you would. That's what got me into 3D animation. You have no honor. Yeah, don't um, for life. That's just saying. But so there's a point where. Uh, so the uh, Megatron has a giant magnet of some kind over the um what do you call it over the Maximals base. So what ends up happening is it starts sucking up the the I always want to call them Autobots, the Maximals. It ends up oh, yeah. sucking up the Maximals. Maximals and Predacons. And they're all holding on for dear life, right? So they're all kind of holding hold it and then uh, all of a sudden you see parts of Waspinator go flying up <laughs> and rat traps just like um, Ratchap's just like, no, my collection! And that's what that reminded me of. <laughs> so Ratchap had just been collecting parts of Waspinator, who at that point was like the Kenny. Well, he's immortal. He, they have, if it's a plot yeah. point, he can't die. <laughs> yeah. So that, that that's what that reminded me of, in all honesty. It's um, like, actually, Waspinator's a lot like Deadpool in that way. Yeah, actually. <laughs> you're, you're pretty right. <laughs> um... But yeah, just a little bit more, Casey. I know you want to talk a little bit more about um, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So we have yeah. A so <laughs> so this, this I picked this story because it is really serious, but it's also it's also a story that you can easily get into Deadpool with because it introduces. I mean, it, it throws in two other characters that are that are a big deal: Captain mm-hmm. America and Wolverine. Like whether you know him from the movies or you know you're even just a casual fan of anything related to comic books, you know who these guys are. And just from what you know about them, and they're written in a very, you know, straightforward way, nothing too remarkable, nothing that would require you knowing the history of these characters so much as they are both really annoyed by Deadpool's presence and what have you, um, you get a real sense of what Deadpool's all about, you know, um, where, where they all technically share a common origin in that way. Uh, they're all soldiers of their own, you know, yeah. particular experiences in the military. Sure. They've... They're all, they've all got superpowers, but nothing that puts them too far beyond, you know, your average martial artist or athlete. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't fly. They don't have heat sure, vision. Sure. Yeah, they, they regenerate. And actually, Wolverine doesn't have his healing factor in this story. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. I thought that was really interesting that they yeah. said that. And he's like, yeah, long story. Didn't even go into it. I'm like, all right, you know what? That's, that's good. No, yeah. whatever, whatever. Got to keep that continuity going. Yeah. And of course, Deadpool's hopped up on so many drugs in the story. It's like, you know, he's he's working. He's just barely functional as a human being. Yeah, I mean, he lets Preston take a backseat and drive his body 
for a fair bit. And that was also that was cool kind of cool. Preston, how kind of that rational person in his head. And I, you know, I'm, I know I'm coming into this comic like late, but it, the recap did a good job of, of bringing bringing you up to speed. And it was it was it was kind of, it was kind of almost tragic in a weird subtle way that he just that you have this person like kind of suffering with him. It kind of added an extra layer of of weight. Yeah. I thought it was kind events. of. I thought it was hilarious that he had like Preston in his head. Like I'm like sure, why not? You know, have like another like personality, another soul like in that body. And who else? But and it's Deadpool. not just a soul; it's a sassy black. Yeah, one. you know, I thought it was like pretty like that was great and how like she argues with him about stuff. Like I find it interesting and almost tragic also. Like with the seriousness of the of the run of um, Deadpool sleeps in like the homes of people that have been murdered. Yeah, like, he sleeps in crime scenes. That's feel that, everything he's feeling. Yeah, <laughs> he just sleeps there, and like that's that's what he does. And it's like, man, this this guy, yeah. Like I, through the whole time, wondering like while I'm reading this, like that when I read that part, I'm like, where does he store his weapons? If that's where he sleeps, where does he keep all his shit? You know, like yeah. But it was a very serious and like funny and tragical at the same time. This entire series, I enjoyed reading it. It was funny and awesome at the same time. Yeah, it was See, very, for, very different. For me, Preston was a little jarring because I'm used to the the dialogue bubbles, you know, the captions like that as being the crazy voices inside his head, not the rational one. So I actually skipped the recap because I always do. And I was like, wait, what the fuck's going on? Who the fuck's Preston? So I, I ended up going back and <laughs> roll I it back, it. roll it back. I was like, wait, 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 put it back. All right, let's go. I was like, oh, okay, I, I, I see. Thought, I thought they did some neat tricks with the re- with the uh, recap pages. And if you notice, in the last issue, Deadpool is like very, very dry in what he's talking about, and he's like, and then this happened, and this happened, and now I'm gonna kill him. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't read any more of the recap pages. Uh... Not gonna lie, I don't read those. <laughs> It's just like boiled into my DNA. You just skip that stuff. I don't well, know. I, mean, I, I I've read recap pages ever since I read Pretty Deadly because I that was the okay. only way I was able to follow what was going. on. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> There's a part in the uh, when like Deadpool gets captured right after he's sleeping at the sleeping in like that person's house, and um, he's basically you know they capture him and they're like doing experiments on him or trying to like harvest like more of his like DNA and whatnot, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden he just wakes up and just goes ape shit and kills everybody in the room. Sure. What I liked about it is it showed how dangerous the fucker is without any weapons whatsoever. Like, the first thing yeah. he did was got up and tore some motherfucker's throat out. Yep. You know, and I, I screamed at work. I was like, holy shit! I just said it out loud. And he kills another guy, takes a cable, throws it to some dude's head, <laughs> and then, like, pulls it out, pulls, like, his brain out with it. Like, he just... And there's, like, the wrench or whatever. Yeah. Like, the, the, the flashback. Yeah, or, like, when the guy's running away to hit the alarm, he takes a scalpel and throws it at his back and, like, kills the guy. It's like... He, without any weapons whatsoever, he's dangerous. And another part that made me laugh when he's walking out and the guy says freeze. And he said a pretty good silencer is a bicep and he shoots through his own fucking arm. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. Dude, I, it's just, he is such, this This is a good, comp. I mean. You, you get more of the psychopath vibe from him. From yeah. I mean. And, and those moments, yeah. And he still does, like, funny shit, yeah, but you get to see, like, how serious he'll be, like, quickly. Like, how he'll go from, like, funny clown to, like, mass murder in, like, two seconds. Although I do have a complaint with the story, I I, I think that t- at the end he was he was he was a little too distraught because he even says he never had the chance to love them and and I know like he was dealing with a lot he was hyped up on a ton of drugs but it it, it did feel like out of character a bit and at least in my opinion for for how 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 hard it all hit him. Yeah, yeah, it did seem kind of just like wait, why do you care so much all of a sudden? 
you're you're not wrong, but this entire story, and this is this is what sold it for me, is that he finally has a cause worth fighting for. Yeah. Or he thought that he did, and now that he knows that they're dead, he's just back to being Deadpool, an awful person. I mean, like, is it is that really the first time it's happened? I mean, I know I, the only one I the only reference point I have is, is X Force, but I mean, like, Evan was kind was by the end of the story, kind of he was looking after him, you know. I mean, he he cared, and he, so he had he had. Someone he looked yeah. after, and and did this happen before or after Axis? This was before Axis. Okay, because uh, Axis was kind of the resolution of the whole Evan Apocalypse. Yeah, and thing. he became Zenpool, which was very fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, the pe- the peace loving. <laughs> Still <laughs> equally crazy. You know, at one point, hippie, yeah, or before that, how he becomes an Avenger, uh, Iron Man is just like, I need you to help me, and he's like, I'll help you under one condition. <laughs> um, in the past, he's had he's had causes worth fighting for. He's definitely had you know things like codes of honor, lines that he won't cross. Um, but here it's something that's really personal to him, and that it's you know it's a family he never knew that he had. Now it's been taken from him. Sure, you know, yeah, uh, it's. You know, it's enough to really make someone who's already unstable, you know, even more so. Yeah. yeah. He's he's look he's looking for a chance to to be a human being, and that would have been whether he's got a family or not. There's one scene in the comic that just I don't know why it just popped into my head. Like after he frees um, Wolverine and Captain America, and they stop like that one guy that just became like a rock like a big rock dude or something. Yeah. Captain America goes, you know. Surrender. Or say something to the effect of surrender. It's not worth wasting your life for this. Just give up. Wolverine goes. I don't agree with him. Fight to your heart's content, and I'll and I'll you know take you down or something like that. And Deadpool <laughs> goes. Well, I didn't make up a speech for this, so uh, yeah, do what your heart tells you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about? So for me, in this story, Captain America stole the show, and I I'm not a Captain America guy, so it's very interesting to me that I'm saying this. Yeah. But at the end, when He's just like, go down. He goes to Wolverine Deadpool. He's like, go, I got this. And it's just him versus an army. And all he does is he stands there with his arms crossed. And the uh, the army, and it's North, it's the North Korean army, is just staring at him. They're like, what do we do? <laughs> they just don't know what to, how to handle what it. Like, is well, the, the Hulk going to show does, up? Like, what's going to yeah, happen? Does he have the Hulk? Is, is Iron Man? He can't just be here alone. Like he's standing there with his arms crossed. Oh my god! You know, well, I'm not gonna go in. Looking at it from their point of view, that they're they're right. Like, what can you do? Like, what would you do if like Captain America yeah. was real? And like Greg, seriously, you walk out and there he is, yeah. arms crossed. It's like, and it, and it was almost like a crazy plan. It was like it's it's almost like he he's like he the only the only person who who would be crazy enough to stand in front of an army alone is someone who has to have a plan, and they just yeah. had to assume he had a plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like uh-huh. what do you, it was nice. He and what do you he do? Bluffed completely. Yeah, and it was also really cool to see him. Uh, what's the word? Futs his uh, his uh, his morals a little because like he knew mm-hmm. what Deadpool and Wolverine were gonna do in under in, underneath uh, North Korea. So yeah. he was like, okay, well, I'm gonna go um, take them on outside. And then the Wolverine's like, no, Deadpool, like he's he's going out there because he knows that he can't know what we're about to do. Right. Yeah. Um. And real quickly, too, uh, before we jump into the next segment, can we talk about the Deadpool X-Men hybrids? Yes! This <laughs> what se- the, the setting for this fuck, comic man? Is, yeah. is so on point. Yeah. Like, why has no one thought of this before? That if you're ever going to do a story that takes place in North Korea in the Marvel Universe, what are their superheroes like? Oh, it's okay. Their X-Men are only 40 years out of date. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all knockoffs. <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh man. It and was... they're gro- they're gro- they're not even just knockoffs, they're grotesque. Yeah. Because they're all half dead. Dude, yeah. like the col- Colossus or like the fake Colossus like had holes in his body like you see through him. It's like it didn't even look like metal to me. It looked like paper mache. It was like how how would that yeah. protect him? Like <laughs> It, it was also neat how how they kind of called back to Deadpool's origins, like oh, of course, because they they grafted Wolverine's healing factor or, or the healing factor onto Deadpool, right? Right. Yeah. So so of course his because it was successful with him, it would be successful with other people if they just used the the, the final product, the final with outcome. others, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that, that was right. neat. Completely. Yeah. Um, it, it was great how uh, Nightcrawler was the one that took the lead, though. Definitely. Was he dead at the time? Yeah. And, and oh, yeah. The, the interesting part is, is during this time, Nightcrawler was actually dead. Yeah. Yeah. And they 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 mentioned that in there too. Yeah. yeah. That was that was that was tough to swallow, man. Oh yeah. When he when he bought it, big time. All everybody was upset. Oh yeah. Uh-oh. Well, yeah. who who doesn't like Nightcrawler? I think you know? he's just so. Lovely. I think the thing about Nightcrawler also is that he's that X Men character you feel sorry no matter what. Cause he's such a cool guy. And then all of a sudden, he just looks like shit. You know what I mean? Like he just looks like a, a monster, pretty much. Yeah, sure. Um. Well, in any case, just to just to wrap up the end of the story, um, Deadpool gets no small amount of satisfaction killing the man who he believes is responsible for all his memory loss and a lot of the trauma in his entire life. Mm-hmm. He stops what might have been a superhuman arms race. With North Korea. He teams up with two of the greatest soldiers and popular characters in comics. Everything really ends up nicely for him. Um, and we even get a cliffhanger ending where there's another Preston running around. And what could this mean? Probably you know? the life model decoy they mentioned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just get on and read the next arc, kiddies. Because let me tell you, if you thought this was the best Deadpool story out of this run, you're probably right. But that doesn't <laughs> mean there's some that are almost as good. It's true. He gets married to a queen of the underworld. There's all kinds of other crazy shenanigans. And the time travel stories that are between all these issues, like one where he's in the 70s and one where him and Cable are just hanging out in the 60s. Oh, man. It's it's a trip. This whole run by Dugan and Prasane is fantastic. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Speaking of you, fantastic. Did you hear something on the wind? C- could it? Could it? Could it be? That's right. <laughs> it's about that time, everyone. We're just about an hour into it. Uh, an hour and we got a couple minutes. Question. It's time for the secret question. And I'll take- oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to mess up. <laughs> so, my secret question to you guys is this and it will we'll keep it brief because we're almost running out of time but we're talking about on this podcast deadpool and we talked a lot about it was supposed to be talking about mostly the good the bad the ugly but we really kind of just caught everyone up to date with deadpool for the movie that's coming out and they're probably seeing it right now so they're probably listening to this a little bit later it's everything you need to know it was really everything you need to know it's like your survival guide to deadpool so I want to ask you guys this, not including the comics, what is your favorite medium that Deadpool has been in? Oh boy, um, well he's been in everything now. That's kind of a 
I, I mean, you have so much to choose from. Yeah. Really? So I'm going to start with you, Amber. Yeah, because that's, that's just kind of what I do. Just kidding, Casey. We're starting with you. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, my favorite my favorite version of Deadpool is the one that showed up for about six frames of animation in X-Men 1992. He was in There's the a 90s very X-Men? brief moment where Morph turns into Deadpool when he's trying to menace Wolverine. Oh, wow. What episode is that? Was that the first one? Um, I talked to... No, 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 no. Uh, it's when Morph returns and he's totally an evil. Oh character. yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm at least I'm pretty sure it's him. If if it's not him, it's somebody else. But he's he's he has no speaking lines and he only he's only in there for a couple of frames. But it was enough to at least get him an action figure. Hey, there which you go. I thought was cool. Yeah. What more do you want? Anyway, the my real answer is of course um, the video games, and you know. Not to steal an answer from my lovely other co-host this evening, um, I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick the one from Marvel vs. Capcom Three for this. Nice. Uh, I know on the preview I spoke about how cool he was in X Men Legends, and that's totally fine. Um, Marvel vs. Capcom Three is the point where I I feel like Deadpool has hit the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Like he's a character that's really intended for everybody to appreciate now. Um, you know, uh, moms and kids fighting for a PG-13 rating aside, which that's a whole other hoosker do about this. Fuck those people. Right? Um, yeah. Fuck them all. Fuck me ass. But, uh, yeah, forget it. Um, <laughs> Marvel's Capcom 3 Deadpool's got a, he's, he's got all the stuff that, that really, uh, make him notable. He shakes the screen. He tell he talks to the player, tells him they use the wrong buttons. One of his supers is a counter special where he beats you with his life bar so and good. super meter. Yeah. Um, you know, he's got the Shoryuken. That was a very famous panel from the comics a couple of years ago. Well, more than a couple, almost. Jeez. Like 15 years ago when he sucker punched Kitty Pride. Mm-hmm. It was great. Yeah. Um, you know, throwing grenades, calling him pineapples. Every move is a joke. The teleporter belt. Um, playing as him feels very real. Like, you know, it really got him right. And then eventually they would make the Deadpool game that our very own Booster Greg has streamed on this own channel. Hell yeah. So... And I'm gonna I'm gonna do that probably. That's for the, rest the one of the week. for me. Nice, uh, Dave. What about you? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. So it's not media <laughs> he's been in already, but media I would like to see him in. Um, I would just because just depending on how the movie goes and how funny he is. Deadpool on like an actual like TV series, like net, like kind of like Netflix, like syndicated, not syndicated, but oh. think about it. Like take same Ryan Reynolds live action. Deadpool doing what Deadpool does, like on Netflix. I would want to see that. I mean, granted, we don't know how the movie's gonna be. That or that, or you give the guy an HBO series. Oh, I, I almost feel you, you really you push the envelope on that one. Yeah, you time. could. Because yeah. yeah. half the things on HBO are like porn and porn and violence anyway. So it would have to oh, tie man. in heavily to the rest of the X Men universe, though. Like, I, I, I think that Deadpool's great, but you can't have too too much Deadpool. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like, like a having a whole Reddit movie about Jay and Silent on. Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone looks at the camera. Kevin Smith shrugs cheekily. <laughs> How many times have we seen Jay and Silent Bob strike back? Viewers, you decide. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Amber, I can't believe I hit by someone a... named Cockknocker. Oh, yeah, um, 
So I mean, I I really I've only I've only read Deadpool extensively in one format, and it was in my trades of Uncanny X Force, like I've mentioned numerous times in this podcast. <laughs> but yeah, no, that was uh that was the my real first exposure to the character outside of you know conversation, and even even though I didn't really go on to to follow any of his comics, I definitely cared for the character a lot more. Like when I when I saw him in an event or when I, or when I saw like him in a game I it that his portrayal stuck with me and and I mean that's that's all in part to how how human they made him and uh, but but in but at the same time it made his humanity made his elements that were that were just a little unhinged all the more meaningful because it was it was in it was uh compared to to this character that you know has potential to be to be a person, a normal person, mm. but but they just they lose it or they just say something in a conversation that just isn't quite right, and and that's really the, the, those moments stick with you. You're like, whoa, where did that come from? Or uh, and uh, and yeah, I think and I think the character um, definitely uh, meant something to me afterwards. So yeah, that that one. Mm, cool. Um, for me. My favorite, I guess, non-comic book adaptation or sighting of Deadpool was in the Hulk versus Wolverine animated movie, uh, which was actually fun oh, fact. Dude. Yeah, I can't believe anyone, no one, none of you guys said this because this is fucking classic for me. Um, fun fact for everyone out there: this was the first time Nolan North had voiced Deadpool. So the story goes: Are you ready for another uh, Booster Greg family story time? Real quick. So the story goes... Wouldn't be a secret question without it. <laughs> I know. It wouldn't be a podcast without at least two of these. And this is your second dose of it right now. Uh, this, the story goes that Nolan North got the gig and he went and he recorded his parts. And it was a very small role for Deadpool. He was uh, on the opposite side of the Hulk and Wolverine. So it was him, Sabretooth, Omega Red, uh, a couple other people that are kind of escaping me right now. And they were really going after Hulk and Wolverine. And That's Wolverine right. and Hulk were going after each other. It was awesome. So uh, the whole thing, my, this was like the shining moment for me, is after the credits roll, like, you know, the Weapon X facility is just busted. It's done. I mean, that's what happens when you have all these people fighting. And you see Deadpool. Everybody's totally dead. Yeah. <laughs> and you see Deadpool come out of the, the rubble. And he's just like, I'm alive. And then Hulk is in mid-super jump and lands on him <laughs> and then continues the spring. And he's just like, damn it. And then it ends. Like, that was just, like, hilarious. And the whole thing was just really funny and great. Uh, but the story goes that he did the voice for Deadpool on this, and then uh, he got the gig for Marvel's Capcom 3 because of this role. And then he got the, the role for huh. the Deadpool game. And pretty much became, in a lot of fans' minds, including myself, the the staple voice for Deadpool. So that's, that's the definitive, the definitive, if you will, Deadpool. The definitive DP. The definitive DP. That sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Dave. I had to be Dave. I had to be Dave this week. He was going to get it next week. <laughs> Welcome to um, Bad Cutty Funky, where we always talk about Definitive DP. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. God. Oh, it's sexy, sexy Dave, Dave hour. hour. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, that's where we're going to call it. We're going to cut and wrap right there. <laughs>
Oh man, I wish I had Surge's outro written down right now, but I don't, so we're just going to wing it right now. Thank you everyone for tuning in to issue number 37 of the Bad Carry Funky podcast, Comic Book Club Deadpool Edition. I forget what he says after this. I'm kind of drawn to blank. Yeah. So, just to remind you guys, I have been your semi-host that forgets everything, Booster Greg. Uh, we've also had TV's Casey on. The usurper host. <laughs> yes. Uh, we've also had Adam Bomb Amber. I was referencing Nightcrawler. Bam. Bam. That, that makes sense because Nightcrawler was in the comic. And, as oh, always, the bearded go. menace... Dave. Back doors make me excited. Yes, oh we know. Uh, remember, guys, to tune in every week around this time, hopefully 9 30, 10 o'clock ish, over at twitch.tv slash funky or twitch.tv slash boostergreg, wherever we end up kind of casting it. Um, we'll have live podcasts every Thursday night around that time. Remember to tune in for the preview podcast, which will be uploaded on Monday. And until next time, guys, we will see you next time, or we will see you another time. No one's got to correct me? Or never. Or never. never. Thanks, never. thanks, guy in the back room. Never. I appreciate that. Thanks, never. <laughs> DP. Never turn this down again. More pictures of Spider-Man. Apparently... It's J. Jonah Davison is our producer. DP. God damn it, Casey. <laughs> Recording now. The world's awesome. going to end. And okay. in one, two, three, four.